welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, action, and choices that you can make to bring more joy into your life, into the world, and into other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 247 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the show, I'm really excited to have Dr. Amy Avazade returning for her second time. She was originally on the show back in episode number two, <laughs> and it is a total treat to have her back to talk about her work as a fertility doctor and how she keeps a positive mental attitude, even in really trying times. I love that recently Amy said on her own Egg Whisperer show that she's not letting the virus steal her joy. And once I heard that, I knew it was time for her to come back and talk about how she's coping with things, how she's encouraging her fertility patients to cope with things, and how we can all learn a little something from one of my favorite doctors. (laughs) Before we get to the interview, I want to welcome you all and say thank you so much for tuning in this week and always to Jumpstart Your Joy. It's such a treat to be here. If you are new, I want to give you a very special warm welcome. And if you are interested in finding out more about the show or about myself, you can find everything over at the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And while you're there, you can check out the show notes for the specific episode where I will share the links to all of Amy's good stuff that we talk about. And that will be at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash egg whisperer, because <laughs> Amy is also known as the egg whisperer. While you're on the website, you can also check out Amy's past interview and the other 245 <laughs> past episodes. There's so much about how you can jumpstart your own joy, especially during difficult times. And I encourage you to take a binge listen to some of those past episodes, which do include an interview with Danny Wood of New Kids on the Block, Allison Arngrim of Little House on the Prairie. She played Nellie Olson, along with so many great authors this season, Jen Loudon, who's a self-care expert's been on. There's just so many great episodes in the past that really encourage you to check that out while you're over on the website. The other exciting thing that's happening right now is that I am about to have the very first call for my Jumpstart Your Podcast class. It's a boot camp where you can take your show from an idea that might be a little nugget in your head right now and all the way to launch in about eight to 10 weeks. And it's running right now. You can check it out at jumpstartyourpodcast.com. And there are already a class full of people just itching to start. (laughs) And I'd love to have you be in the group that will go through the program this season. And there is a pay what works model. You can check that out at jumpstartyourpodcast.com. So just to give a quick overview of what Amy and I are going to be talking about, it's so much fun to get to talk to her because I really am so inspired by the way she approaches life and the way that she embraces all of her patients in this really very warm and caring way. And she shares in this episode how she learned mindfulness and meditation back in college while she was studying and had anxiety about test taking and how she's implemented that or lifted from that to help her own patients go through fertility treatment. I really love that she's sharing some of the tools that she learned there in that class with us, along with one of the amazing sayings that I love to hear her talk about, which is, 
when you take care of today, tomorrow will take care of itself. I also love hearing her talk about her tushy method, (laughs) which is a really clever way to remember all the steps you need to take to check on your own fertility. And she's going to tell you everything you need to know about fertility as well. So let's get on to the show. Welcome, Dr. Amy. Thank you, Paula, for having me. I actually have a laugh track here and a clapping track because we don't have uh, a live audience. Let me see if I can. There we go. Isn't that great? It's everything I didn't know I needed. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally the best. Well, in case someone doesn't know who you are, would you like to introduce yourself and explain what it is that you do? Absolutely. I just basically help people who need help starting a family. I'm here to help folks who just want to learn about their fertility, who are already trying to get pregnant and might be having a hard time. And also for those who might be in the early stages of pregnancy and are maybe a little bit worried. So, you know, sometimes people think that seeing a fertility doctor means you have to do fertility treatment. And sometimes people get scared. They're like, what if they're going to find something that's wrong? And the answer is no, we're fertility doctors and we're pretty positive people. And we just want to set you up for a roadmap for success for your future plans. I love that so much. And that's definitely one of the reasons why I wanted to have you back on is, I mean, your wisdom around looking for something to, you know, sparkle with every day was, Mm -hmm. I mean, it stays with me all the time. So Mm -hmm. I will link up to your last appearance here on Jumpstart Your Joy, which I believe you were like, uh, I think you were guest number two. So thank you. And I was probably like 30 pounds lighter too. Man, this pandemic has really done a number on my waistline. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. One of the things that I appreciate and I know patients love about you is that you offer a very personalized and engaging approach to fertility care. And at least in my experience with other doctors, not necessarily fertility ones, you're a different breed altogether in the way that you approach people in such a personal level. Would you like to explain a little bit about how you you came about that approach? Yeah, I mean, when I was trained by some of the best fertility doctors in the world. And back not even having a cell phone was a thing. I had professors in medical school who were giving their patients their cell phone numbers and their phones would be ringing and they'd be like, oh yeah, hi, come on in. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Because when you're a fertility patient, you don't want to wait two weeks for an answer to your question because two weeks might be outside your fertile window and it's too late. And every day that passes for a fertility patient is one more day of heartbreak, one more day of potentially like crying. And so when I looked to the models and the models that were out there, I said to myself, I want patients to have immediate access to me, time, no matter what the time of day was or day of the week. I want to do all my own patients' procedures, whether it be ultrasounds in the office, IUI procedures, egg retrieval, and transfer. And I couldn't really find a setting out there that would give me that kind of practice model. And so I said, I'm just going to do it on my own. And I've been doing it here at this same desk. I think you can see imprints of my elbows in this desk. I think it might be time to get a new one. Since 2008, Mm -hmm. September 13th, 2008 is when I started my practice. I've been doing the same thing same hair since I was 13 years old. I joke and say, maybe my lipstick will be the same next time you come in, but I'm always going to be here super consistent and toxically positive. Like at this point, almost like a nuclear reactor. I'm so freaking positive because people need that right now. Because, you know, I heard an analogy today. You've probably heard this. We're all in the same storm, but everyone's boat's a little bit different. My boat is really awesome. 
and I'm so lucky. And so I need to bring some of that awesomeness onto other people's boats, however I can. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to throw out little life rafts into those boats. And for me, it's all about fertility. So I'm just trying to make people know that there is hope for them. There's a plan for them and there's a doctor that really cares. I like that analogy of the boats and the storm. It is so true. Yeah. And we all feel it in a really different way for sure. I can only imagine that being a fertility patient right now, as always, is very difficult and there's a lot of vulnerability and a lot of trust being put in to other people and a lot of hope. We're recording this just for context for folks in April of 2020 and we're in the middle of the pandemic. And for context, most fertility treatments have been canceled at this point or are on hold for right now. What have you seen and what's the impact on patients? So automatically, everyone's kind of in a corona fog, right? Mm -hmm. There's so much uncertainty. We don't know anything about vaccines, antibody testing, um, how reliable are the tests? What's going to happen in the winter? Can kids go back to school? Are we ever going to have concerts? Are we going to have weddings? Are we going to have graduations in the next couple of years? And then on top of that, you're trying to have a baby. And then you have experts saying things like, you know, no one should be doing fertility treatment right now. And then other experts are saying, no, it's probably okay. So I call that Corona fertility fog. Mm -hmm. So it's very confusing and the advice is all over the place, but the message that me and a lot of other fertility doctors have out there for patients is that there are ways that you can do COVID free fertility care, basically, as long as you're sheltering in place, following the CDC guidelines for infection prevention, we're doing tests now on all our patients coming in. I get the results back two days later so that when patients come in, they don't have to be worried that you're going to be exposed to somebody else. I also don't allow more than one patient in the office. Unfortunately, I try and discourage support people in the office. But I always say you can bring on that person from the car. They can be sitting out there on an iPad and we can FaceTime them and make them part of the visit. Mm-hmm. So it's a new normal, but I'm trying to make it as normal as possible and make people feel like they still have a team. Um, yeah. It's odd. You know, I did an egg retrieval this morning and I walked out and the husband was like 10 feet away from me. We both had masks on. I'm like, egg retrieval went great. I got eight eggs from your wife. You know, and I walked away from that. I was like, wow, that's something I never thought I would do is not have a husband in the room with the wife where I could talk to him and tell him how things were. So it's just a different experience, but I'm trying to still make it as friendly as possible. What I'm doing is I'm getting new masks with smiley faces on them. (laughs) So people know that I'm really smiling. I mean, I'm sure you can tell from my eyes that I am, but so hopefully those masks will be coming soon. I love that idea so much. Yeah, because it's really hard. I know even just walking out and about in the afternoon when we go on a walk, you can't tell anyone's emotion readily because the smile is so easy to um, relate to. I know that even though I took... (laughs) I think we probably had the same teacher because here's a spoiler. We went to high school together. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, t- I took I took AP anatomy and physiology with Mrs. Hoffman Carruthers yep. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. human sexuality at UC Santa Barbara. I didn't learn anything about my own fertility there. And I know having worked with you as your producer, even though we learn a lot about the human body, we don't always learn about actual fertility. And then maybe as you get a little bit older, what happens with fertility I would love it if you would walk through the beloved Tushy method and explain to people, like, what are you looking for? How do we know if we're fertile? How do we know what that fertile window looks like? Do we run out of eggs? What's the truth here? Yeah, I mean, I really want everyone to take the Tushy class 
by the time, you know, they're 25. Mm-hmm. And I'm not joking. Like, I'm totally serious. Like, everyone should know this stuff. It's so basic. There are literally just five things that we look at in order to determine someone's fertility. You could certainly tell someone, oh, just try and get pregnant, and then you'll find out. But if you're 25 and you don't want to get pregnant yet, that might not be the best idea for you. So the thing is that if you've, for example, been exposed to an STD, and we know now more than ever, people are more exposed. There are higher rates of gonorrhea and chlamydia than there were five years ago. So that means that young people are at higher risk of having blocked fallopian tubes. And that means that those individuals will be at higher risk of needing IVF. So IVF is how you get pregnant if you have a blocked fallopian tube. So doing a fallopian tube test is important. There are different ways of doing it, but one of the most reliable ways is a test called the hystero-salpingogram. Hystero stands for uterus, salping, or salpingo is tube, gram is picture of. Then looking at the uterus is really important. So that's the U of the Tushy method. Some people can have fibroids and not even know it until they have a miscarriage. And for me, I don't want anyone to ever tell me, well, next time we're going to remove that fibroid. And it's like, what? Like next time? Like there was a simple test I could have done, like an ultrasound to tell me that this baby would not have made it because there's a fibroid in the smack dab in the middle of my uterus. And you and I both know we spend so much time going to the OBGYN getting that pap smear test. It's so easy to just take a probe, put it in the vagina and take a look and say no fibroids before you get pregnant. And then there's the sperm. So checking out how fast the swimmers are is easier than ever. I mean, guys can literally do it from their phone. I mean, you don't have to take pictures of your junk or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) But in a way, the phone takes pictures of your junk. What will happen is they'll send you a kit out, and there's many different companies out there right now. One of them is called Yo Y-O Sperm Test. I'm not affiliated with the company at all, but I love getting these videos where guys are, you know, uploading their sperm into the device. They get a report, they get a video of their swimmers, and then the patient will send it to me and I'll guide them from there. Right now, people aren't necessarily too excited about leaving their homes for obvious reasons and going to a fertility clinic to do a semen analysis. So this is a great alternative. It's a really good alternative, actually. And then we have hormones. So we have hormones that tell us when we're going to go into menopause. They're egg count tests, very similar to sperm count tests. And then we also have another test that gives us an idea about the quality of our eggs. At the end of the day, age is probably the most important factor when it comes to determining someone's fertility. But certainly there are people out there who find out at 28 that they've run out of healthy eggs and they wish someone had taught them this stuff before 25. So they would have had an option to potentially secure options for themselves through egg freezing or embryo freezing or both. Mm-hmm. And then last letter is the Y. So your genetics. So we're all born with genes. And I tell people, know your genes, K-N-O-W, know them because information is power, knowledge is power, and knowing your DNA can help you. So if you know you have a chromosome abnormality that you were born with, or you're a carrier for fragile X, or you're a carrier for cystic fibrosis, then there are things that you could potentially do before pregnancy that could help improve your chances of having a healthy baby. And that's the goal. The goal is a healthy, happy baby. But we know that nothing's 100%. No one is perfect. But when we say, I want to get pregnant, we have to then accept the fact that we might not have a perfect delivery. We might not have a perfect baby. And that's just life. That's the beauty of life. That uh, like the box of chocolates, you just never know what you're going to get. 
but for the most part, most people want a yummy chocolate, right? I mean, that's a lame analogy. Most people, when they open that box, they're hoping for a nice, neat box. You just go in, you take it, and you're going to get what you expect. And when it comes to pregnancy, that's not always what happens, even when you are very careful and you plan things. And it's important for people to know that. But it's also important for people to know that you don't just get on that plane and jump out when you're skydiving, right? You take that course first, the skydiving class. And so it's super important for people to know that it's the same thing for pregnancy. And pregnancy is even scarier than skydiving, I think. But I'm just biased. <laughs> yeah. I've never been skydiving, but I, yeah. yeah. I surely did not know what to expect when uh, I was pregnant with my son. And yeah. I think that everybody probably runs up against something that is not expected whatsoever. I found out I had not, well, I knew I, I hadn't had uh, chicken pox. And I think we've matched as a, a cystic fibrosis carrier, both my husband and I, which was like, uh -huh. Ooh. Uh -huh. so, I mean, but you know, neither of those things became an issue. So I also think okay. it's great to know what's out there and also know that that doesn't mean that those things will mean bad things for you. Right. Exactly. I know that you also have been working on kind of leveling the playing field here <laughs> for both mm -hmm. the female and the male or uh, mm -hmm. the egg and sperm side of things. Mm -hmm. What has changed recently in the fertility field around how we consider uh, the role of sperm. I know you touched on that a little bit, but are there shifting ideas here around what it takes to make a healthy baby? When I started my practice, people would say, oh, you know, you just need a sperm cell to have a baby. It doesn't matter the quality. And I always said, that's just not true. It's not right. And I was one of the first doctors to dive in deeper to sperm, order sperm DNA fragmentation testing, even up front. And now it's becoming the norm. And it's, I'm really happy to see that that people are realizing that blaming a woman who's 40, that it's all her eggs and not paying attention to the sperm is unfair. Telling a woman at 40 that she needs an egg donor and not bringing up, well, you might need a sperm donor actually, and maybe use a sperm donor so that you have a better chance with your 40 year old egg. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm trying to teach my patients. And then I'm talking about it on my YouTube show so that hopefully more people know what questions to ask. But at the end of the day, we all want to know what we can do to improve what we have to give ourselves the best chance of pregnancy with whatever treatment that we're doing. I'll give you an example. So I talked to a couple the other day and uh, they were jumping right into IVF and the sperm was really low. And, and I looked at the medications he was on and I was like, oh, did you know that this medication actually has been studied as a birth control for men? And she said, you know, I, I, I saw that and I asked the doctor and the doctor said oh it's just fine we'll just move forward anyways and I was like well you were right to ask that question I'm so glad you came to me for a second opinion because you're right we would never want to do IVF if you've been on this medication within two and a half months of an IVF egg retrieval because there's a really high chance we would have zero fertilization so you know nowadays and I hate using car analogies like you don't just buy the first car that you see right you do your research you ask questions you maybe call another car dealership. I don't even know how to buy a car. I had the same car for the last 13 years, but you know what I mean? It's like, if you have a question, make sure you get the answer and feel really good about that answer. And if you still are wondering, get a second opinion. Yeah. And I do second opinion, third opinion, fourth opinion consults all the time. I tell patients, look, I totally agree with your plan. Go for it. You're in great hands. These are the questions you should be asking along the way, but I feel really confident with your treatment plan. And then sometimes I say, Hey, look, you know, maybe ask these questions, see why they're suggesting these things for you and see if there might be an alternative, because based on what you're telling me, it seems like an alternative might be better. 
It seems like so often people have this like intuition, like your patient or the, the couple you were talking to where they're like, oh yeah, I looked at that. And I bet that person was like, and maybe it's a problem, but we get in that place because we feel like we don't know much about our own fertility or our bodies enough to ask the question further. It's a very interesting space. I'm sure patients to be in where they want to, they want to do the right thing and they have this intuitive hit that maybe something else is up. Have you seen that play out for some of the people that come to you? For sure. But to back it up just a little bit, I think it's about trust and behaving and patients yeah. want to be well-behaved and not have the doctor think that they're questioning them. But the strategy that I tell my patients is this, ask the doctor that, t that tells you, for example, that medication is not harmful to sperm. You qualify and say, you know, I love to be well-researched about the things that are happening to me in my body. Can you provide me a support article for my binder so that I can read more about it? on my own time and just say, whenever you're ready, I would like to see some support in the research about what you're sharing with me. And I can reassure you that there would be no article to support what that doctor had said. Right. And that would have like, you know, changed the path for that patient and she wouldn't have needed to see me. So that's one thing that a patient could potentially do to advocate for herself. But yeah, I mean, I have patients that come in all the time and they say things like, oh, I have unexplained infertility and I roll my eyes to the back of my head. I'm like, but there's the explanation written all over your chart. How is it that they told you that there's no explanation? And I tell them, I said, look, what is it in your gut that you think is wrong? And almost always they know. Even when there's no testing available to them, they come in and I say, what's in your gut? And then they have a very clear, they may not be using the medical terminology the way I would use it or you, because you're a fertility doctor now that you're my <laughs> producer, but they know. And, and I say, look, like that's, I think you're right on track. And that is the main reason why we're not getting pregnant mm -hmm. and we're going to do these tests and this is how we're going to fix it. And this is what we're going to do if it doesn't work. And, and we're not going to stop until we're successful. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's, it's powerful to know that we kind of come equipped with knowing what's going on, but then mm -hmm. there's something about, oh, it's probably an entire podcast all on its own. Why do people mm -hmm. not trust what their inner knowing it's telling them, but yeah, mm -hmm. just to trust that, you know, and ask the question. And thank you for that suggestion. Cause I know I can be a little bossy and sometimes I worry that the way I'm phrasing things mm -hmm. may not be the best received by a doctor. Mm -hmm. One of the things I know people all over just love about you is your positive mental attitude. And like I said, the, the notion of sparkling every day, like that just sticks with me. Obviously the person with the joy podcast is going to mm -hmm. resonate with that. You mentioned recently in a show of your own, the Egg Whisperer show, that you learned during your medical training to kind of get mindful when things got hard, to kind of tap into what is your happy place and to use the tools that are available to you to reset yourself when things get hard. How, how has that served you and how did you, how did you learn how to do that? I learned through a course, actually. I had a really hard time with test taking always growing up. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, the types of resources that are available now just weren't there when I was younger. And I found a course in college. And it, I mean, that guy basically would be today the equivalent of like a life coach, but he also mm -hmm. taught test taking skills because part of it was just, I would get so overwhelmed and have so much anxiety with every test that I took that it was paralyzing. I mean, I couldn't even like leave the house for two weeks before each exam because I was so paralyzed about like what would happen 
if I didn't do get an A on that test. And then I would jump forward to like 20 years from now, and then I would never be a doctor. And like I said, it was paralyzing. And so he taught me these skills and the skills that he taught are just so basic. And I teach them to my patients too now, because it's the same thing. I mean, like pregnancy is nine months and then you're doing treatments. Your treatment is this big exam that you're going to take. And then, oh my God, what's going to happen if it doesn't work? And then you're fast forwarding like the next 18 years of your life, right? Because that's when a child becomes an adult. And when we think of pregnancy, we think of all the milestones after that. They're very simple tools. I mean, it's like pick a mantra, have a breathing exercise you can go to, have a happy place, and just remember that you have to take care of today. That's it. And if you do your best in this day, and then your day is done, then the next day, you've already taken care of the day before, and you know you're getting closer to that goal, right? So rather than fast forwarding in your head over and over and over and over, I just remind myself, take care of today and tomorrow will take care of itself. So that has, that helped me throughout. I was kind of like Doogie Hauser. I started medical, I started my training basically at age 17, but I didn't finish until I was 32. So imagine being a 17 year old Hmm. and you knew you would be a fertility doctor, something that you had dreamed of your entire life since the seventh grade, literally, Mm -hmm. you know, lots of anxiety, a little bit of depression, all of that mixed in. But the coping tools that I finally learned, thank God, at like 22, I mean, I'd wish I had learned them at 17, got me very easily through, not easily, that's an exaggeration for the last 10 years of my training so that at 32, I could sit here and be like, finally, at last I did it. And it's everything that I wanted and more. Mm. I'm so fortunate to be able to do what I do. And like I said, at the beginning of our interview, throwing out life vests to all those boats out there and telling people that I have a plan, I can help you and I will take you to shore and uh, do it in a way that you're not going to feel like you're drowning. To kind of go back a little bit about that getting overwhelmed about thinking about what's to come is, I think that's so universal across anything that people love and dream of doing. And Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I definitely see it even in podcasting class where people are like, but what if, you know, and they they get so far ahead of themselves and I just send them so much love because it really is about take the next right step and, Mm -hmm. and get, and and then things will work out. You also recently have talked about not letting the virus steal your joy and the Corona fog, as you've talked about a little bit, it really has a way of, of pulling us into a very weird space. And I don't want to minimize that, how have you stayed focused around joy during this time? It's the same principles that I shared with you, no different. And it's so easy to, so I'll give you an example. So in the beginning, I would wake up like around 4 or 5 a.m., heart pounding, chest hurting, is the world over today, mm-hmm. right? Like the anxiety of like, I, I feel so out of control. But you just zone in, you use all those coping skills that I have. And I know everyone has them and it's hard work. And after about a week, I mean, I'll be real with you. I was just like I shared with you, waking up, same thing, panic attacks, is the world over today? And I was like, oh yeah, we're still here. And practice, you know, that saying practice makes perfect. And so as human beings, our minds, it's, it's almost like we have to do these exercises because we have these passive thoughts that can be extremely negative and you have to work hard and exercise your mind to not think like that. 
and to focus on the here and now and the positive so that you can be productive during the day and not sit and watch TV all day and, you know, plan your funeral. I mean, I'll be real with you. I have planned my funeral. I already told my husband I want beautiful cinnamon rolls for everybody. I already told him the DJ and the type of music I want. And I told him I want everyone to wear really beautiful colors and don't have a funeral for me until we can all have a dance party. But aside from that, <laughs> aside from that, I don't feel like that I'm, I'm going to let the pandemic take away my joy. I'm still listening to music and cracking as many jokes as I possibly can. And, you know, the other day I looked at a beautiful ultrasound and there was a beautiful gestational sac. And I said to the wife, I said, don't we love smooth sacs? <laughs> Did you like that? And I waited and no one laughed. And I was like, but it was so funny to me. So yeah, so I'm trying to find ways to crack myself up and just not take things so seriously. And certainly to still be serious in the moment when I need to be. But I feel like if people can see that someone like me is able, you know, or shows vulnerability at this time, and I share that with patients about what I'm dealing with every day, that I think it makes, you know, their experiences feel like, yeah, I, I, I can talk about how I'm feeling now more openly with Amy because she gets it. Yeah. There's a little nugget that keeps coming in on this show too around people, because I'm also one of the folks who I love laughing and I'm naturally wired to like be a goofball. And I'm also a very serious person. <laughs> like, and I think society has a hard time with that. And I'll link back in the show notes, the conversation I had with Andrea Owen, who is an author. And there's something really beautiful about leaning into that, of owning that it can be hard and it can be beautiful or it can be hard and we can still have a joyful moment. So I'm so glad that you shared that because yeah, it, I've also been in bed and felt like I just can't breathe right. <laughs> and then got on or I, or I laugh. don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's good for us all to normalize that conversation of it can be hard and we can also look for the joy in things. Mm -hmm. So I, I also have the behind the scenes of knowing that you've had some exciting things that you're working on. Would you like to share about the Tushy class? Would you like to talk about what you're working on there and how people might get involved? Absolutely. So go to eggwhisperschool.com. We have the Tushy class and then very soon we have the IVF class. So there's, there's plenty of information out there on Google about fertility, fertility screening, fertility testing, IVF, but I want people to get their answers or not necessarily get answers because I don't have answers for everyone, but I can definitely teach you about IVF after having done thousands of cycles. It only makes sense for people to take a masterclass from someone who has gone through everything imaginable with their patients. So I'm hoping that my experience can provide some education to people so that they feel more empowered and they know what questions to ask their own IVF doctors when they're ready to do IVF. So that's what I'm hoping to accomplish with the Egg Whisper School. So it's not a way for me to be everyone's doctor. It's just a way for me to basically teach a course about these simple tests and about your IVF options and everything you should consider before you do IVF. So I'm hoping that people will be signing up soon. I love it. And yes, like I said, I mean, I didn't know all this, <laughs> even after taking some pretty good classes. So, um, I love your approach so much, and I really hope that people will sign up because 
it's it's also very cool that within those classes you're offering the opportunity to get on a live call with you which is an amazing opportunity to get your questions answered by by dr amy mm -hmm. <laughs> so is there anything else you would like to um leave folks with as we round this out no i mean what i would say to people who are listening to us right now is that you got to find your person and i'm just so lucky that i have you as my inner circle and if you don't have that find it and there are ways to find it through church through online groups so just have someone that you know always has your best interests and will listen to you and it's not about fertility it's not about anything else it's just knowing that there's that person out there who is just going to listen and support you and you guys can talk back and forth we need those personal connections right now more than ever that's really beautiful thank you for saying such nice things and yeah it is it does make all the difference when you know that you can call someone and just be like, hey, this is this is hard, whether that's business or mm -hmm. personal or both. Well, thank you, yeah. Amy. You're welcome. Thank you, Paula, for having me on. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you want to find out more about this episode, including links to the things that we've talked about, you can find the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can search for this episode right up there in the right-hand corner of the website. And you'll find it. While you're on the website, I know you're going to want to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things. It's where I take a look and give you guys the behind the scenes of what I'm really thinking about with each episode, including the inspiration, intention, and action, along with the choices that you can make in your own life to bring some of the things that each guest or I share into your everyday life. So it's a lot of fun. You can find the sign up for that off the homepage or within the show notes of every episode. And I would love to connect with you. I hang out a ton on Instagram where my handle is jumpstartyourjoy. You can also find the Facebook page for this podcast at jumpstartyourjoy. So I hope you guys will come on back next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.